Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello and welcome back to the free weekly podcast. I am, of course, Ben Winstanley, joined as always by The Bobble and special guest this evening, Paul Draper. Before we get into the nitty-gritty stuff of Everton Football Club and what's gone on this week over bits and bobs, Bobble, you've come dressed as a scouser today. Knee-high <laughs> <laughs> knee high socks and a bit of a Monterex top. You've been on the sunbed. It's not Monterex, but you've been on the sunbed, haven't you, again? Uh, well, no, it's been he, very... He's definitely been on the Paul, has he been he on the said, sunbed? Yeah, yeah. yeah he has. <laughs> Six <laughs> minutes. What, what's happened is we went to the Baltic fleet. Danny had me some carrot oil. Turns up, obviously, did that episode and it was... Uh, but no, enjoying the sun, lads? It's lovely. Yeah, it's lovely weather. Yeah, I'm loving it, to be fair. <laughs> Feel like I'm back in Spain. And you were saying you got four-day weeks now, Paul, weren't you? Yeah. F- off till Tuesday now, so... As we're recording this with Thursday, so it's quite good, that. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, we obviously usually go back to the previous game, but obviously it's the best time of the year. No Everton, we're out of season and nothing to discuss in in that regards. We've had a media roundup show on the Patreon channel. The link is below if you want to give us a go and hear the full scoop in regards to everything. And we're going to be touching on a couple of things that we spoke about. Paul, I'm going to ask your question. Uh, The Bobble and I spoke about Begovic, Tom Davis... What were your thoughts on like the likes of Begovic leaving, Yeri Mina? Uh, were you sad to see them both go? Um, sad to see Mina go because obviously he's been such a good player, although we haven't really seen as much as we'd like of him. Obviously, I think he, he ended up playing 99 games, I think it is, over, what, five years? Not good enough, obviously, his injury record. He couldn't really stay on that on that amount of money. He's on over 100 grand a week. And really, the same goes for Begovic. I think probably the best number two you, you could have got in the circumstances that we're in. But if rumours are to be believed, Kevin Thelwell and Sean Dyche, they thought he was on too much money for a backup goalie. And obviously, Thelwell does want to bring that wage that wage bill down. So, sort of sad-ish to see them go, but can understand the thinking behind it. I agree. I think the rumoured theory is around 45 to 50 grand a week. It's just a bit too much for a part-time player. He's going to play four or five times. However, 
Bob, I'm going to bring you back in on this. How important is number two? You know, for me, Begovic, I think he's a top pro, well-respected amongst the Everton camp in regards to the footballing game in general. I think he brings on Jordan Pickford, you know, always knocking at the door. That position, the number two goalie, it's hard to recruit for. And it's also, it's it's very important, I think. It is. It's underappreciated, to be honest. I mean, you only have to listen to Ben Foster on his podcast and he talks about when he's been a number two previously and most recently before Wrexham at Watford. And he spoke about being the number number two. And you're almost the hype man, so to speak, for that starting goalkeeper. You're his best mate. You're the person he leans on. You train with him every day. You almost, you're essentially warming him up alongside your goalkeeping coach. So it's 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 really an under underappreciated role. The issue Everton had with Asmir Begovic is Asmir Begovic was earning probably for a club as, as similar to Everton too much money as a number two, only featuring in what four games a year at best. So it was a balancing act. He was probably earned a bit too much to be our number two, but he was a highly experienced number two. The Premier League, all the clubs respect Asmir Begovic and he's renowned as one of the more, more solid number twos and more dependable number twos in the Premier League. But we can't really afford to be paying the wages that we were paying him given our financial predicament just to sit on our bench and be our number two. And that is the same for Conor Cody, who has also recently left the football club. They really like Conor Cody thought he was a great guy great character and everything else that goes with it the four and a half million in in the grand scheme of things isn't a lot of money in Premier League football but his wages again don't represent value for money for a club like Everton where he wouldn't, wouldn't be featuring as much so it's almost a first team wage sitting on the bench well that's not where we're at right now and it's the same with Asmir Begovic great pro top pro the, the goalkeeping unity or fraternity at Everton with, with himself, uh, Kelly and, as the goalkeeping coach and, and Jordan Pickford with, with Lonners, Andy Lonergan as the, the third choice. Dra- highly, Draper's mate, Lonners. Draper's mate, Andy Lonergan, yeah. <laughs> nice. it, 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 it's highly experienced. It was a close-knit group. They all really, really got on. Uh, and it's no surprise that Jordan Pickford's arguably had one of his best seasons or his best couple of seasons with that pack together. Um, so it, it is a shame to see Begovic go. It is a solid number two. If ever called upon due to injury for Pickford, you know he would give you a solid job. He'll give you a six out of ten, six and a half out of ten. Um, but again, it, it's a pure financial decision, Ben. No, I, I completely agree with every word. It's just going to be so difficult now to go out and, and replace. I think me and Paul have had a few arguments on different groups about who we should go and sign. There's Tommy been... in for the record. <laughs> but oh, it's another hole, isn't it? It's another it, hole. It, it, it's another gap you need to fill. Yeah. You know, I, I said, what you do? Do you go and potentially buy like a young keeper, someone like Bazuna from Southampton? Draper wasn't a fan. Well, Cal Virginia is, is heading oh, back Yal to Virginia, Goodison Park. Yeah, he, he's heading back. He's been on loan at Cambor, Um And he, he had a, an okay season. Uh, I spoke to a couple of journalists over there and they said that. He's been okay, an up and down season for Jao Virginia, but he he would then be a young number two. Obviously, his wages fit into the bracket that we'd want to have as our number two. But the issue is, if Jordan Pickford got injured, Jao Virginia would then be your starting goalkeeper. Would that, as fans or as Blues, fill you with confidence? I'm not fully yeah. sure. Moving on from that. Tom Davis, Paul, um, me and Bob have had this discussion over on the Patience channel. What are your thoughts on Tom Davis, young local skateboarder? What, what, what do you think going to potentially get in a new deal or do you think he's going to be off? What, what will you do if you're Tom Davis? If I'm him, I'm probably looking to leave and try and get first-team football elsewhere, I think. So, try and go somewhere like Rangers or Celtic, somewhere where the standard football may not be the best, but you may be playing at a highish level. Obviously, them two teams got European competitions and they've got Loads of games and they play each other about 27 times a season. Um, my personal opinion is if funds are as limited as they look, 
and we need to we need to reinforce probably attacking options and fall back more than centre midfield, which I think we do. I wouldn't be against giving him a new deal on the on like the low wages he probably is on now, as like a fifth, sixth choice midfielder. Knows the club inside out. He'll always die for the club when he may not be the best. We all know he's not going to be good enough to be Everton starting midfielder, Everton star. But I think it's always good to have someone from from the club within the dressing room, someone that sort of tries to represent the fans as much as he does. So I wouldn't be against giving him a new deal, to be fair. It, it, it's difficult, isn't it? I think me and Bob will discuss this earlier on the week. I, I think with Tom Davis, is if I'm him, I, I agree with you, I'm looking away. I think the likes of Norwich or Rangers, I think Rangers sniffed around him massively in January. I think we spoke about that over on the Patreon channel. But it's all about the, the development now of the younger individuals and the midfielders. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, yeah, just put Lewis Warrington for for fifth choice. I don't want to see the likes of Lewis Warrington with one year left on his deal, sat on Everton's bench, sometimes sat in the stands, not playing men's football. It's halting their development. And Bobber made a great point regarding that. You'd rather sacrifice Tom Davis on low wages to sit there as that, you know, that contingency plan. To, to, to progress the the progress of your younger players you know your Warringtons we obviously know Isaac Price is going to standard Liège but that's probably because he couldn't see a pathway to the first team you've got other midfielders like Onyango and um, I think Reese Welsh is, he can play there too and so you know I'd rather them go out on loan and find their feet in men's football it's worked wonders for the likes of Ellis Sims and Tom Cannon Tom Cannon especially I think Preston is sniffing back around again for him I just think like the difference, the level, the step up, people need to realise under-21's football is a different game altogether to men's football, even if it's championship or league one. You look at the likes of Onyango, for example, you know, performed extremely well in the under-21s, looked head and shoulders above a lot of players in that category. Went to Burton, struggled massively. Uh, went to Forest Green then as well. Got injured, I think yeah, they didn't Got injured early quite on. early. Um, it's just a completely different game and I'd rather sacrifice Tom Davis but I, I, my, my gut feeling is he'll probably leave. Um, and I think if he does leave, good on him. Uh, I think it's, he's a part of his career where he needs to go and play it'll football. Be like the, it'll be like John Joe Kenny last season where I think the club will want him to stay and I be, I think they will offer him a deal. But I also think he will reject it and go elsewhere. Yeah, and I, I, Probably he may even follow John Joe Kenny to Germany. And that's not us free saying, you know, Tom Davis good enough for Evan. I really don't think he's good enough for Evan. I don't think he's, he's the answer. Because, but unfortunately, if he leaves, it's another gap that Evan have got to fill this summer because finances are tight. There's a, obviously an embargo, transfer embargo, uh, literally halting over our heads. They've got to be clever this season. I think Dave Witchley on there showed us a bit of a squad breakdown uh, on the fans review. And it scared me, you know, if certain individuals go, go. you've got Gomez looking to probably go, Gabaman, Davis. We've only got four or five midfielders. I think his agent's pushing it for it anyway. But talking on central <laughs> midfielders, Bobble, you tweeted about Amadou Onana. Uh, I don't think he's going to represent Belgium. Um, can you tell us mm. anything more about that? Did he play through the pain? He has been playing through the pain. He's had a couple of knocks. He had a knee problem uh, when he finished the, Ever the season with Everton. He's actually now got a groin injury. It's not a serious injury, but it is a groin injury. So he's pulled out of international duties with Belgium. He now 100% won't feature for the under-21 Belgian side either in, in this year's Euros over the summer. But he will return to, to Goodison Park to start pre-season as scheduled as it's just a minor groin injury, but it's something that he just cannot push. Uh, it's been a long season for Onana. I think we... we He's come under criticism from Evertonians this season, uh, Amadou Onana. And I do think it's easy to forget that he's a 21-year-old learning his craft. 
he's young. He's no, no new to the Premier League. Um, he came over here. In reality, he wasn't really starting at Lille when he came over here. He wasn't a starter week in, week out for Lille. And he came in and, and he's he was thrown into the deep end and he was expected to anchor or, or boss a Premier League midfield and a struggling Premier League team. So I think sometimes he's, he's the criticism has been a little bit undeserved. We obviously have spent big money on him, so you always need your big players to step up. But, you know, I've just done a podcast with, with Paddy Boylan this week and from The Athletic, and we spoke about Amadou Onana, and we said that he's got such a high ceiling, Amadou Onana, that if he is nurtured correctly, he will, have, he will be the blueprint for signings and how to operate in the transfer market. And that goes from buying a player like Amadou Onana he, he stays with a football club for two years or three years for argument's sake, or maybe even a year. And then you sell for 30% more than what you bought him for, 40% of what you bought him for. That's, that's how you should operate until you get to a certain level as a football club. And in, in reality, until you become you know, a European team where you're getting into the Europa League consistently or the Champions League, obviously Everton are miles away from that. But... You get what I'm trying to say. That's how you should operate. Brighton are currently doing it very, very well. They operate so clean in the transfer market. It's immaculate. It's absolutely spot on. And you've only got to just see a signing now that's just gone to across the park from Brighton. Great business from Brighton. Okay, they've lost a key player. but I think Liverpool have got a steal there, unfortunately. But Brighton will sit there and think we've got a lot of money for him. And ultimately... Our recruitment system is so good, yeah. we'll replace him for a fraction of the price. Davey because Weir. that's what they do. They just churn them out. And, and they are the blueprint, like I've said on numerous podcasts, they are the blueprint for Premier League football clubs. So going back to Onana, groin injury, he'll, he'll miss the summer. He'll be back for pre-season as scheduled. But just touching on him as a whole this season, he is the blueprint. And he's arguably one of Everton's signings over recent years where we've signed him and you could probably make profit on him. We haven't been able to say that very often. No, I agree. Uh, I think the thing of Onana, we probably would make profit, but I think there's a bit of a sell-on fee to Lille as, uh, Lille as well um, involved in that deal. I, look, I, I like an Onana. I think he's, he's got such a high ceiling, and I think he will be a top, top pro. I just think he's... Is he what we need right now? It's so difficult. Maybe not. It, yeah, I, I get, I get the, the spending, but we probably will need to sell uh, an asset. And the only two assets that I can think of are Amadou Onana and Jordan Pickford in this Everton team. You know, no one else really has. I put you know, James Tarkovsky maybe, but he's 30, 31 years of age. You're not going to get much money for him. Um, James Garner, you know, he'd probably get more money for him, but you don't want to be selling these players. But I think Onana's got such a high ceiling that he's probably the player that you look at and you go, if we want to progress this summer and not be in the mess again, we're going to have to make some sacrifices. Um, I think you look at Brighton, you just mentioned, I think 35 million for McAllister. Probably going to get near enough 60 million for Saicedo. I think they'll get well more the, than the, that. They, they probably will. Uh, 10 down 70 in January, any sign the new contract since? So they'll obviously be able to push Declan Rice, by all accounts, going to Arsenal for 92 million. They're going to have a lot of money to, to spend as well. So it's going to be so difficult for Everton now. But moving on from the finances I'm doing on it pre-season I'm going to come to you Paul it's a it's a home game for me Tramia Rovers oh, away yeah. on the Whittle over um, the road it literally is down the road for me so um, what do you make of them games obviously it was a uh, Tramia Stoke and, and then Bolton, Bolton Wanderers Hap, I mean it's just typical t- a typical pre-season isn't it just play those teams that are not too far away 
So there'll be close tips for all those that will be making making weights around me a day after the event. Oh, that, the, do you know what? That's color. good PR, that Jake. Like, I was going to touch on that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so anyone that one that is traveling up, they can also come with us for a few for a few drinks, maybe Potwell with Ben. So yeah, I think it, it's very good, very good for fans to be back at the at the game. And obviously, as soon as the season finishes, you get a big relief. But then straight away, as soon as it gets to the weekend, then you're gone nothing to do. You just want the football back. Yeah, I think with it being Northwest Games, it's probably an ideal time for like the people who haven't take the kids to like the first yeah. game. It's normally like a chilled, nice atmosphere. And like you quite rightly said, we do have an event on Friday, the twenty first of July, and obviously we play over the water on the Whittle the day after. Make a weekend of it. Come up, be in the sun. It's actually my birthday on the twentieth of July, so people can buy Barbecue me some shots. And <laughs> yeah. There you go. We'll have a party of mine if you, you don't want. need any more sun. <laughs> <laughs> so beds it is. That's Bobble's present to me. Get me uh, some. Fact the 50 face block, but what are your thoughts on that bubble in regards to preseason? Do you reckon that's understandable? You know, a few people's heads do fall off when you get beat by the likes of you know Tramia in the past and stuff in preseason, but you, you, it's not there for that, is it? It's not, no, it's not there for that. And you know, you, you've just got to take some things with a pinch of salt. I, I always go back to a, an old story where Blackburn Rovers were still in the Premier League and they had a pre-season. I think they had eight games. It was either seven or eight games and they won every game convincingly against decent opposition. They weren't playing, you know, with all due respect, League Two teams or National League teams. They were playing really solid opposition. They won all seven or eight. And then first game of the season, they got beat. So it, it just goes to show that you can win seven or eight pre-season games and come the first game of the season, you lose. So every Blackburn fan at that point would have swapped all those wins pre-season for defeats just to win the first game of the season. So... You've got to treat them for what they are. And what they are is they give time and, and, and planning for the coaching staff to get things ready for the first game of the season. And that's just the way you have to look at it. Obviously, it's always nice to win. Of course, you don't want to get battered in pre-season games. It always breeds a little bit of confidence and it gives you a little bit of confidence going into the new season. But in reality, as long as everyone comes through unscathed, they know what they're doing for the first game of the season. The manager's happy with how it went. I'm happy then. That's all it needs. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Right then, hopes and dreams. We're going to move on to this. We'll start with you, Paul. Um, I think I've had this bit of discussion with the bubble uh, over on the Patreon channel in regards to... Who do you think ever going to, you know, what position are we going to target? Who do you think is going to come in? What type of summer are we going to have? You know, we have got some sort of financial restraints over us. We probably need 12, 13 players. 
don't think that's going to be the case. Um, Being generous, though. What, what, what do you think we're going to do over this summer? Do you think it's going to be difficult to get business done? going to be very difficult. I feel like it's going to be a massive challenge. We're going to have to utilise the loan and free transfer market very well. We used to spoke about a few options in the free market, like left-back on the media roundup. But I think we need to prioritise our attacking power. We need at least two centre-forwards. We'll be linked with about 50,000 names already. As you know, you know, I'm keeping a list of it. <laughs> He's had to send about He's 20 He's on page three already, isn't he? Players linked. <laughs> Must be about page three. That's only strikers also, by the way. <laughs> but I'd like us to target strikers and pace um, on the wings and a left-back especially. I think centre-half, I think we are quite covered. I know Jerry Mina and Conor Cody have gone, but Branthwaite's coming back. I think that's going to be massive. He should be ready to at least challenge for the starting spot and at centre-half uh, next to James Tarkovsky. Badly, badly, badly want a left-back. Nothing against Mikhalenko. I just think we need someone to challenge him. <laughs> no, we need <laughs> replacing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. Just need someone to give him a challenge and probably replace him. <laughs> if, and strikers, because really, Carvalho-Lewin, he can't stay fit, so the poor fella. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. We need we need goals. Everton need goals. There's some more than anything. We need strikers. Uh, big vault. <laughs> but um, that's, you know, Twitter's a, a bit of an up and down place at the moment. No one's ever going to agree on players. I think people are just seeing names and going, that's lazy, it's lazy journalism. I think we just need to just chill out and just see what happens. And those who obviously don't sign up to the Patreon, I, I was lucky enough to bump into Kevin Falwell, Um at the, I don't, don't, you, don't you say it. it. I know <laughs> you what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say there. But I managed to speak to Kevin Felwell and uh, have a chat with him after the uh, the Bournemouth game, and I just said, "Your work's cut out this summer." And he said, "Thanks for reminding me." Um, I believe he asked you for the hand and players, didn't he? Uh, well, identifying transfers. That's it. Who would I suggest? Big Vouch and uh, no, next time what suntan, suntan lotion <laughs> should be using. <laughs> no, but it's going to be difficult. Obviously, the three men that can change it. Obviously, Sean Dice, Kevin Felwell, Dan Perdy. Them three have got to get their heads together and get this sorted. Um, and it all depends on what the finances are, what's going on with this investment, and. The, and that's why I want to bring you, Bobble, in. Uh, so off the field, rumblings yeah. around the investment, change yeah. the board level. What do you want and what do you think is realistic as Paul drops his oasis all over the table? <laughs> <laughs> I think for the benefit of the, the football club, obviously we need change. We know that. We obviously need board removals or board changes. Uh, I don't think I'm going to say anything that anyone hasn't already said or heard in reality. We know change is coming. Um we know, obviously, the people that should probably leave the football club in terms of names. Obviously, Bill Kenwright is chairman, Denise Barrett-Baxendale. Some would argue, obviously, Grant Ingalls as well as the financial guy. Some people would also say Graham Sharp. I don't think many Evertonians would be too bothered if, if there was a complete clear-out and a complete new board re, uh, you know, put in place. It's difficult, though, uh, to, to do that in, in one, in one, you know, swipe of a wand so to speak it's 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 difficult to replace a whole board and that's a huge upheaval so I do think it is quite important to at least keep one person who knows the football club who knows how things work and who's, who knows how things are currently probably going to be working Grant Ingalls, well Grant Ingalls is very good and I, I will just not fight his corner but I will just say he is arguably the most respected member of Everton's board amongst the Premier League um, he is very, very highly respected. Um, he's very highly respected with the Premier League as well as as, as, as a as like an institution. He he has managed Everton's financial issues 
as good as he could. He came in when the mess had, had well and truly begun. And if it wasn't for him, I think we'd be in a worse state. I think we'd have been hauled up in front of a few different judges. Could it be worse? Before, uh, yeah, I think it would have been. If it wasn't for Grant Ingalls, it would have been a lot worse. And I think we'd have been in a bit more deep water than what we already are. Um, so he's maybe one guy that maybe should potentially keep his job. But it depends if he'd like to keep his job, if change comes and when obviously change does come. Do you want to stay in, 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 from the outside looking in a sinking ship? For your own professional career, Grant Ingalls may feel, well, you know what? There's an offer elsewhere at another Premier League club where they're much more stable. It's better for my professional career to go there. You know, it's not looking detrimental against me. So those things will obviously come into the equation as well. But change is needed. We know that change is coming. We know that MSP are in obviously advanced talks with, with Everton. I think we just... Everyone needs it to happen sooner rather than later, just so everyone can maybe just breathe a little bit. And I don't mean just the fan base, I mean internally as well at the football club. We have a lot of staff at the club who I've always come on these podcasts with yourself, Ben, and I've always said there's some you know very good people at Everton who are, who are hardened Evertonians and are there for the right reasons. And I think for people like them who are maybe starting to feel a little bit disillusioned with it all, and a little bit overwhelmed with what is happening, and you know, with a, a there's a lack of direction at Everton internally. I don't mind saying that there's a little bit of a lack of direction, and I think a new regime coming in will breathe fresh air around the rooms, uh, and it will just give people a new lease of life, and it will give you a spring in your step. And I think that's what not just the fans need, but it's what the staff need as well. No, I agree. I just want to touch on the MSP investments. I think a few fans have been caught up regarding, oh, we get new investment, there's loads of money to spend. There isn't. I think that, that's not how our business works. I'm just going to just want to just describe a bit more about that MSP stuff. I think with MSP coming in, uh, I spoke to someone in regards to finances and stuff, and he explained it in a bit more details. And what they said to me was, Bramley Moore Docks will be paid and finished for. Uh, that'll be all done on time in the equity loan. And that the short-term cash flow issues will be solved, taking the strain off the business. That doesn't mean we can go out and spend hundred million pounds. It just means that we can go out and look at different avenues to try and generate different revenues. Ultimately, Everton is a limited company. That the whole business plan and what's happening in and out is all available to see on Companies House. So anyone can go and look at that. The only way to write off debt is to, to pump in money. And with, with that so far deep in losing money yearly. You know, this role in three-year FFP, profit and loss sustainability, it's going nowhere. So it is going to probably be bargain basement shopping again, unless an asset is sold. But what I want to see in regards to MSP is new business ideas. Let's we, We're so, so stale. We seem to be working in literally the 1980s, 1990s, with this current board. There's no upheaval in, like, commercial revenue, trying to branch out globally like other companies do, try and bring in some other source of revenue. I'm, and I'm going to use the likes of, you know, Ryan Reynolds uh, um, and obviously Rob McElhaney at Wrexham. What what they're doing, you know, they've conquered the likes of TikTok. They've, con- they've got sponsorships coming out their ears. Everyone's talking about them and you probably wouldn't be surprised to see them doing back-to-back promotions, I think. Favourites? The, the Favourites to win it? They, they probably will, to be fair, because the revenue they're doing, they're running a football club properly. When was the last time you seen Everton use some sort of like social media platform? Well, you know, they're not out there. They're not in the public eye. They're kind of stale. And Everton need fresh ideas. You know, the likes of businessmen who are on the periphery. You know, you talk about George Downing, Andy Bell. Um, there's no, there's no, obviously, 
facts that they're going to come onto the board and change it. But if the, these businessmen who are successful, they have contacts, and that's what I want to see, a new direction um, for Everton Football Club to make us competitive again. I'm not saying next year we're going to be fourth. I'm not saying we're going to go into this season and batter everyone. We need stability, and we need to progress slowly. Like small a bit steps. Of a, small steps. I think Sean Dyche got it absolutely right. This is a monumental challenge. It's baby steps. And on that poor, I, I just hope that tries to like summarise it for the listeners that, you know, these investments aren't going to come in and we aren't going to splash £100 million no. um, yeah. on one transfer. I think when Mashiri came in, the books were so, you know, we hadn't spent money in about 15 years. Under, we wanted an even Ken, kill. Like, that was what it was. So we could come in and... and, yeah. and it was and like when, when the Saudis came into Newcastle, the books were so good. They had sort they of the way to spend as much as you could for a few years instead of then caught up, which is what Newcastle can do now. But again, mm. they're getting sponsors, sponsorships. In the Champions League. Getting Champions League sponsorships left, right and centre. However the, however legitimate they are, the sponsorships, are, we don't know, but you're still getting that money in. And obviously the rules are uh, slightly different now. Yeah, our, our sponsorships weren't were really legit, really. Megaphone, USM. Yeah, come on. It is what it is. But on that then, Paul, what, what's your realistic target then for next season? Are you asking me a specific player or, or are you asking more about the team? About the team. What, what do you think, Sean Dice? What's the plan? What's the objective? What's the aim? I think it's early doors to say that because obviously I, I can only base that on, on what squad we've got available or what the whole club is looking like. At, as it stands right now, as of today, it would be staying up again, but staying up more comfortably, not having to go to the last game of the season. I think depending on the window, we could probably just have an average, calm, quiet season. Like let's say like when we had on the Ancelotti, something like that's where you just finished tenth, eleventh, twelfth, third, somewhere where you're just not in danger. Don't challenge for Europe. Obviously, we're well too far off that, but also not in not in as much of a predicament to go down. So I think something like that should will be what Sean Dice targets. Just stabilise the ship. Just. Calm down. What do you reckon, Bobble? A winning preseason would do me. <laughs> <laughs> Confidence league. <laughs> no injuries. Have a half decent preseason. Have an okay summer. Finish the summer. So I'll start the season stronger than, than when we finished it. And obviously at the moment, Everton are currently a lot weaker. We've lost Asmir Begovic, Connor Cody, and Yerry Mina, to name a few. Everton as a squad are a lot weaker Ruben than when we Fnagre. were. Yeah, yeah, Ruben Fnagre. But when you go through it, Everton are a lot weaker than we were two weeks ago. Um, so I think just finishing this, this or starting the season stronger than how we ended it, I think that's probably all you could ask for given the financial restrictions. I think being realistic, you know, I'd bite your hands off to be safe and begin the first week of April. Uh, I don't think we can go through another season like last. I know we've talked about lightning striking twice. It did somehow. I still don't know how we survived. The ginger Mourinho sure, got us out. Exactly. The ginger Mourinho got us off the mess. But the... Um, I just want a bit of like a comfortable season. I'm not suggesting we're going to go top four. And that's not me not being ambitious. That's me being realistic. You know, me heart, I'd love to see Everton win the lot, you know, top four challenging. But realistically, it's not going to happen unless we have an absolute fluke season like we did last time. We finished 17th from the year after we came fourth with Marcus Bent running the channels. Unless something like that miraculously happens, then I just can't see it. But yeah, stability under Sean Dyche. I think he knows that he'd be probably take it between a 10th and 14th season. Just steady the ship, small steps, get a new board in make changes amongst the club and go from there. But anyway, in the meantime, we hope you are enjoying these free episodes. It is something that Danny, our tech lad, is 
Well, they got he does like the tech guy. Like he's been called a director now, but he's, he's a producer. 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 He's really we need obviously to put a camera on him for the Patreon videos. And you know, it, they're really good to see. They're a bit more laid back. They're a bit more information. Um, obviously, we hope you do enjoy them for those who maybe can't uh, afford to put in to, to the Patreon channel. But if you don't, give us a try. Honestly, if you don't like it, it's always free to leave. You'd make uh, producer Dan very happy if you did that. <laughs> very, very happy. <laughs> <laughs> he said he'd love it <laughs> but in the meantime we hope you have a great week uh, and on to the next week if there's anything you want to hear on these episodes give us a shout give us a question any mailbag any issues drop us a DM and we'll go from there in the meantime stay safe all the very best up the toffees